This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you been struggling lately? Maybe you're having trouble sleeping, difficulty with the relationship, or just suffering from self-doubt. Now, y'all know there's no shame in my game, and life has been lifing lately. Trying to manage the priorities of being a wife, mom, friend, and full-time entrepreneur, it can get overwhelming. If this sounds like you, then BetterHelp wants to help you today. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. Talk to a therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There are over 20,000 therapists in BetterHelp's network, which gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. All you have to do is fill out a questionnaire to assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. How cool is that? Then you schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. You can also request a new therapist anytime at no additional charge. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced therapist from BetterHelp. There's a special offer to the Slaying Self-Doubt podcast listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash slang. That's betterhelp.com slash slang, S-L-A-Y-I-N-G. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. You're listening to the Slaying Self-Doubt Podcast with Coach Felicia, where we empower Black women to overcome their doubts, fears, and insecurities in order to give birth to their God-given purpose. Join me and sometimes some of my friends on our journey as we remind you that you are not alone. I'm Felicia Wallace, and together we will find our fears and slay them. Hey Slayers, welcome back to another episode of the Slaying Self-Doubt Podcast. I am here with Andrea Dye. Oh, see, I knew I was going to do that. Dizel. Delzel. Delzel. There you go. Delzel. 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 Okay. Three, two. Hey, Slayers. Welcome back to another episode of the Slaying Self Doubt Podcast. I am here with Andrea Dizel from Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn, New York, <laughs> and the seated position nonprofit. Welcome, welcome, Andrea. Look, I was gonna get it. It's y'all, my stuff is all over the place today. So charge it to my my head and not my heart. Y'all know your girl is usually on it. Welcome, Andrea. From look at as soon as you said New York, I wanted to be like burr, 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 burr. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have no sound effects. So you're gonna get you're gonna get that. Get you're gonna get that. Burr, 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 burr. Okay. I'll welcome, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you. Oh, you are so, so welcome. So I'm excited to get into this conversation and talk to you about what it is you do um, and the people that you are impacting by sharing your story. So before we get into that, though, I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started. So a little bit about me. I am the first registered nurse that uses a wheelchair that went through nursing school with the use of my chair in New York state. Um, oh, that is whole state. a lot, right? The that's whole a lot state. of people. It's a lot of people in New York, right? So uh, the, the representation that's missing mm-hmm. uh, is that, is that healthcare workers have to be this healthy, healthy uh, 
person in order to take care of other people. The yeah. representation is that if you have a disability or if you have something that's wrong with you, you're not necessarily in healthcare, which is not true. Yeah. So I had to really prove to people that my disability doesn't hinder me mm. and I can do the same thing you can do. I may just do it differently. Yeah. And that there are other ways that things can be done and we should start adopting them just as human beings. Yeah. And, you know, that that was the starting platform, advocating for myself throughout college, advocating through my for myself throughout my career, mm-hmm. and realizing that, you know, younger me would be so proud, but forgetting about how to pull up the next person yeah. is what was the real deal. Like, I can't just advocate for myself because then I'll just be one and done. Right. Yep. And we're not about being one and done because if you're the only solely person successful, are you really successful? Right. And right. No, that's so true. That is so true. So th- this leads me to because my background is in healthcare, I know exactly what it is that you're talking about that, you know, lots of people are like, well, you can't be you can't be a certain type of thing and then also say that you are like, how how does that image of what health mm-hmm. looks like? Right. And I'm using air quote, the image of health. For the patients who are nervous, for the patients who are, because most people are nervous about going to the doctors. They feel uncomfortable. They don't know what they're going to say. They don't like needles. They don't like, you know, white coat syndrome, your blood pressure go up. All the things are happening, right? How did you navigate that space to be able to, you know, really advocate for yourself? Like you said, starting out even at school, you know what I'm saying? Because I would have it that there's lots of people who have different types of disabilities who there are people who are saying, you sure you want to go into that field? You sure you want to do it? You know the type of work you're going to have to do? You know what what it's going to require from you? Are you up to that? How did you navigate that space and even picking um, to become a registered nurse, you know, when you were in school? I mean that that's all all inclusive of the Mm self-doubt that comes with not having representation if you don't see it can you ever believe that it can happen for you yeah right if it doesn't happen around you could you actually foresee it in your future for yourself right and and that happens for anybody whether you have a disability or if you don't right we we admire to be basketball players because we see so many of our color in basketball making it in the world yeah or you know rappers and music and 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 there we aspire to be because that's where we see ourselves mm-hmm. let's shift narrative and look at doctors let's look at, at lawyers how many of us are seeing ourselves in that position first off and then let's add on a disability let's add on a gender let's add on a transgender let's add on something else in the mix and mm-hmm. you're going to see less and less and less yeah so, of course, representation is going to play into, can I do it? Will I make it? Yeah. While everyone else also is seeing the same things or not seeing the same things. Right. For, for different for different words there. And, and thinking the same thing. Like, well, could they really make it? I don't see anybody that looks like you making it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're going to have to work extra hard. And, and that's the point. That extra hard part. Yeah. Is I don't see anyone doing it. It's something that I want to do and if i'm going to do it no one else can tell me different Mm. and then therefore saying i'm going to put forth my best effort by trying to achieve perfection Mm. yeah right because because you want something so bad for yourself that you're going to make sure that you can't just let it slip through your fingers yeah what do you think is what um i know i'm going to get into 
Okay, I'm gonna ask the first question first, and then the second question. <laughs> I, 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 I'm trying. I got so many questions. My brain is like, no, ask this, ask this. So, okay. So the first question is, while we're, while we're here, how has self doubt showed up in your journey? You kind of touched on it. You know, not being able to see yourself in this field and being mm-hmm. able to see a representation of yourself. Tell me about how it showed up personally and professionally. You being the first, right? Because there's a lot of self doubt with coming in and to being the first of whatever it is that we're doing, right? So how how has it showed up in your journey? So let's backtrack a little bit to just my disability, right? Mm -hmm. I am a female. I'm a Black woman. I identify as a Black woman. I'm a minority or majority because, hello. Because we know. We we, we know. (laughs) We know. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So, you know, I, and and I, I have a disability and I'm growing up in New York. I wasn't born with my disability. I acquired it at the age of five and I started using a wheelchair full-time by the age of 12. Mm. That's high school years. Yeah. Okay. That is prime puberty. That is, that is the, the peak of self-doubt entertainment yep. where you're trying to figure out if you measure up to how other people look at talk walk can you be popular can you fit in can you make friends this is Mm -hmm. life transforming into this adult or young adult and I have a disability that I now have to waddle through and in New York City we put this label of special ed or back Mm. then in the 90s your special education girl that's everywhere that was everywhere even down here (laughs) right it's it's special education yeah not because not because of mentally wrong right. mm-hmm. come on speak but on because it. you have a disability and let's yeah. be real about something what the special education really need is nothing special about getting extra help mm-hmm. to get you to where you need to be like we need to stop with these mislabels so that mislabel had everybody messed up mm-hmm. thinking special ed means you you are really just on a different edge and it's like no i just I may need some extra accommodation yeah. to get to where I need to go. Exactly. Um, I remember clearly, and I talk about this story a lot because it was impactful, is where I get off the yellow school bus and I make a beeline to the corner because I wanted to go to the corner store with my friends and get a bacon, egg, and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if everybody from New York that's listening, you heard me say that, right? Bacon, egg, and cheese. You say it in one word. <laughs> that's what it is. No breaks. <laughs> no breaks. <laughs> And I wanted to hang out with my friends. I wanted to not be considered special ed and yeah. not be just lumped into this group. Not that I didn't, not that it was just another label or if I didn't like the people there, it was just, I didn't want that label for me. Yeah. And I didn't even know that was what it was that I was being labeled. I just felt like I was in a box. Mm-hmm, mm, mm. And I come back to school, I get taken to the principal's office and I'm being reprimanded. You can't leave school grounds. Once you get off the bus, you have to come into the school. If anything happened to you, we'd be liable. And I'm like, well, I don't want to take the school bus anymore. And they're like, call her mother, call my mom. And mom gets on the phone and mom's like, okay, give her a Metro card and says loudly on the phone to me. She's like, Andrea, you have to figure out how you get from home to school on the bus. Rain, snow hell mom was not playing (laughs) if you are late one day you're getting back on a school bus yeah now i don't want the label i don't want the box of the school bus i want to be able to go and come i want yeah you want your freedom yeah you want to be normal yeah whatever normal is i wanted to build relationships with people 
because I realized that the box that I was in was going to keep me trapped. Whether Mm. I realized it in that moment or now that I'm adult, if I didn't speak up for my freedom with my mother in a setting of building relationships with my peers, I realized that my peers were always going to see me as other. Wow. That's a word right there. Can't allow for teenagers to grow up seeing people as other because then we have the mishap of putting people back in a box. Yeah. Like what we're seeing right now happening mm-hmm. around the world. Yeah. You do that. So moving on from that experience, I was never late to school. <laughs> That's one. Never got back on that bus. But I built long-standing relationships with friends that made my life have more experiences. Mm. I was able to travel because they were like, oh, we know her disability. We got her. Yeah. We take her with wherever we go. She yeah. Right. I went to clubs. I went down flights of steps with like friends that I used to call like my brothers, you know, up and down wherever they were. I went. Yeah. And it gave me an experience to say, well, I can do anything and be anywhere. If yeah. People see that I have the capability. Yeah. One and two, the the built of respect and trust with people who are willing to understand my way of life. Right. And that, not and just see it as different. I got we got to pause right there because I think you what you said was so valuable in that one you advocated for yourself, which in the nineties wasn't nobody advocating for yourself. You you did what you're supposed to do, and that was it. But you advocated for yourself for your your twelve year old self and your older older self right like yourself right now like you said if you had not done that in that in that very moment to say no mom let me do this let me figure this out like she gave you the boundaries and say listen because at the end of the day our job is to protect right like mm-hmm. but we gonna let you figure it out i ain't gonna let you keep touching the stove and getting burnt then they're gonna call the people on me you know what i'm saying so <laughs> yeah. but i'm gonna let you cook and figure it out and see if you can do it and you figured it out right and so the ad you know i'm big my kids hate when i say that i'm like you need to learn how to advocate for yourself because when you become an adult i can't advocate for you so if i don't teach you how to advocate for yourself in the beginning when you have a voice when you have your own thoughts and and ways and the things that you want to live your life you have to be able to speak up for yourself that's number one number two y'all I say this often you you need to know who are who who are the people around you who is your village who is your support are they really really going to be there a couple of weeks ago I said something to the effect of like, um, I was listening to something and they were like, you know, everybody that sit at your table ain't trying to eat. Mm-hmm. Everybody, it, it, some people just dare just to say that they right next to you. They ain't trying to really, they ain't trying to cook. They ain't trying to eat. They ain't trying to pick your dishes up. They ain't trying to clean. They ain't trying to do nothing. They right. just want to be in a room. They just want to be in a space. But you have to like you like you said, you were able to use your discernment, use your your like you advocating for yourself even in your friend groups to be like listen if we doing this you with me for real because Mm -hmm. you clearly know what I can and you know what I can't I can and cannot do right and so if you're not gonna set me up then I trust you and so having to give somebody that amount of trust speaks volumes because it's so easy for us to be like oh that's my friend that's my friend everybody ain't your friend that's the whole thing yeah the vulnerability that I had to put myself in Mm -hmm. because society isn't really adapted to my disability that's a word right yep society didn't is not 
where I can just be as free as I wanted to be. Correct. I could be super independent. No, I have to be vulnerable. There's if I'm not vulnerable, if I don't put myself in a vulnerable place, then I stand to lose out. Mm-hmm. I stand to lose out. And and I shouldn't be made to do that. Society shouldn't have been made to do that. But that's yeah. how it was. And my only way out was to do. Mm. Right. And, and when you are forced to do, then you you literally grow. Yeah. Because yeah. There's no, there's nowhere else. You're you're at the bottom. You're forced yeah. something. So I'm forced now to say I'm vulnerable. I'm forced to make these relationships with people who have lasted lifetime now mm-hmm. for me because I've been in high school now I'm in my adult life with them and people are getting married having babies and we're all friends and seeing our lives grow from this point I owe them and I can say that I owe them so much because my voice of saying that I can and I will and I will accomplish mm. came from them saying or being that support system just as friends or acquaintances that hey we're going to Dominican Republic you're coming with us yeah yeah hey, Hey, we're going to Cancun. We already checked that the hotel is accessible. You're coming. Yeah. Right. And not having a second thought for my disability being a part of this system that we've created. Yes. They saw you as Andrea, not your limitations. Right. Right. What you were saying, speaking to before that, so many people see themselves as their limitations and they see others as as their limitations as well. And so then you automatically, like you said, putting people in these boxes. Oh, you can't because. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, you can't because. And it is just like and then what you know, when we talk about self-doubt and we talk about this journey that a lot of us are on, you know, we look at you know, the whatever your disability, your insecurity, whatever that thing is, that could be your label, however you whatever you want to label yourself, whatever you put a label on yourself or someone else has put it on you, you intent you put yourself in the box. And you said that had you not advocated for yourself with your mother, that was that's a choice. You could have just been like okay I mean, all right she could have said all of that you'd be like you know what i gotta figure out how to get back and forth to here and that could have been enough to be like no nah, i'm not even gonna do it i'm gonna just mm-hmm. stay on this bus right? right so what what do you think gave you the like the courage to say no nah, i'm gonna do this god <laughs> i mean well. whatever whatever, <laughs> whatever the voice is that's inside me to be the yeah. rebel that i am you know i think Overall, like I always give really good praise to my parents. My parents are immigrants. I'm a first generation American. Like the opportunity to for them to come here and kind of grow a life is an opportunity of it in it of itself that they had to build and they built. And then mm-hmm. and, and that's what I've absorbed from mm-hmm. them is to continue on even in the face of adversity, even in the face of of obstacle, you you persevere you keep going yeah uh, and, and you just don't give up and you don't you told you don't take for granted what little you had yeah yeah um or how much you have mm-hmm. and and even when something seems so small it can be so grand and I can give that credit to my parents and you know again I was diagnosed at five years old I didn't have any other siblings at the time that were living with me and I my parents are navigating the world of having a child with a disability just mm-hmm. as much as I'm navigating a world Being, with a disability. Right. Correct. Yeah. So we're growing and moving in this all together. So I'm watching my mom. I'm hearing her talk to the doctors. I'm hearing doctors talk to me. And that discernment as a child made me kind of grow up quickly. Mm-hmm. And I always knew 
that my mom gave me all the information up front and she wouldn't sugarcoat it. She'd be like, this is going to hurt. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to go through. And, and, you know, we got through it together. Yeah. Yeah. When you impact a child that much, resilience becomes the trauma response. So my resilience, my perseverance was, that's all I know how to do. Mm -hmm. My mom wasn't, as an immigrant, isn't about to let her child be be in the background, not be heard. Yeah. And my dad is going to work really hard to make sure that I can get to all those appointments and see all the doctors that I need to see. Yeah. So now my parents are maybe not so much knowingly trying to make sure that I'm also producing work that is showing their effort. Yeah. Yeah. They want to see the grades. They want to see that I'm I'm working hard and working out and they want to see that I'm motivated to continue to do well and and show this portion. And the other side of me is that in high school, I was told I have the three strikes. I'm a woman, I'm black and I have a disability. So Mm. those, those are my empowerment now. It's my empowerment now before it was seen as a negative and yeah. I had to show that well that negative is my positive yeah that's your superpower <laughs> that's it like what else are you gonna see me as when I roll into the room the first thing you're gonna see is either I'm black I'm a woman or this chair which right. way you're gonna see something first and either way I'm going to make sure that you're watching and that I'm impacting yeah so you're not just going to self you're not gonna reflect your doubt onto me because my doubt is that I already can't because I have to figure out is it accessible are there mm. stairs mm-hmm. can I get in is the table real? Can I get there? Right. Like I'm already trying to figure out the journey. Like I said, like my mom told me, I have to figure out how I'm getting from home to school, rain, snow, sleep. Mm-hmm. So that journey doesn't end just because I'm in physical space. Now that's in mental space. Yeah. Right. Now I'm thinking, how am I going to get there? Am I prepared? Is everything in set for me so that my self-doubt can sh- shut up? Yeah. Because I've prepared. I've hit that perfection level where I'm saying I've double checked, I've crossed off. You know what you need. Yes. And then I can also say, if this isn't working for me, hold up. I need a reset or we can't do this or I need to cancel. And that's another part of just advocating. Oh, yeah. I love that. Um, One of the things, as you were talking, you're talking about your parents. In my mind, I was thinking what your parents were teaching you to do was to thrive, right? Mm -hmm. Not just survive your circumstance, not just survive your, 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 your disability and survive just these years. They were teaching you to thrive so that they knew like your disability wasn't going to define you. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think the other part is, is that as we are, I believe, this is my own personal belief, but, um, you know, as parents, like it's our job to raise our kids to be productive adults. They're only children. I tell my kids all the time. They are the, the well, they have a 13 year old and I have a 15 year old. I'm like, I have this much time left with you. After that, you have to show up in this world and everything that I've taught you has mm-hmm. to come with you. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, if I have not taught you how to live without me, mm-hmm. I have not done my job. You know, and so when you said that, like what your mom was teaching you, like that is that's what I I, I envisioned was like, no, she taught you to be able to do it without her because I mean, life, that's (laughs) that's just life. You know, she's not going to always be able to be there. And so she in that perseverance and in that pushing you, somebody else may see it a different type of way. Like, oh, you need to help her. You need to do. But no, she she 
allowed you to become the woman that you are today, Mm -hmm. which is not dependent on anything or anybody else. You being able to say, no, these are my needs, right? Mm -hmm. These, this is what I need to be able to get this done. If this is not in place, it's a no for me. Right. right. And you know how many people struggle with that saying exactly. no, like it's a no for me, dog. <laughs> it's, it's a no, you know, it's a no. And, and, and that, and that's really the whole, that's really the whole, the whole point of self-doubt, right? Because if you are not confident in your own yes and mm-hmm. your own no, then yep. doubt is always going to plague you. And you, and I'm so meticulous now, like I said, I had to hit the perfection level, right? And my perfection level is just making sure that I've crossed off all my T's and dotted all those I's, and, yeah. you know, and, and making sure that I have a, a sure yes or a, a sure no. And mm-hmm. That doubt isn't, isn't plaguing me. It's really just weighing the options. Yeah. Being confident. Well- yeah, I know. And I, when you said um, one of the things when you was at first, when you said perfection, right, I was like, oh, I already know the people to be like, you know, perfection, blah, blah, blah. But I, I after you explained it, I understand exactly what it is that you mean. Like, it's not perfection in the in the way that, you know. Oh, I'm harping on this thing because it has to be perfect, right? Oh. And it has to look a certain type of way and has to be a certain. No, you're saying in order for me to be able to show up as my best self. Mm-hmm. All of these things have to be in place where most of us don't do that. Most of us, because we have the uh, luxury, I'm just going to say we have the luxury of being able to be like, I don't necessarily need that. I don't need to have to have something that's, you know, handicap accessible. I don't need something that has to have enough space to, you know, bring myself and a chair. I don't need a certain type of car. So we have that luxury of like, oh, I can kind of do whatever. I'll wing it. I'll figure it out, whatever have you. And it's like, yeah, but everybody, like you said, the world isn't necessarily designed for all of the disabilities that people, you know, the amount of buildings that still don't, are not handicap accessible. Like, mm, got y'all in, walking up like flights of stairs. <laughs> it's 2022. <laughs> like, explain to me. I don't, I, it would never, I mean, it is beyond me, but you know, you know, that's a whole different topic, a whole different. Let me move on because I would get on this soapbox right here and be like, let's, let's, let's change it. So, my question to you is, what have you learned about yourself during this journey that you didn't know before? Did you hear that ad at the beginning of the show? If you're a business owner looking to expand your reach, you can promote your company or product with a host read pre-row or mid-row ad by me on the Slang self Doubt podcast. If you want more information, email info at FeliciaWallace.com. That's info at FeliciaWallace.com. Now, back to the show. What have I learned? I have learned consistently because I have to keep relearning this lesson Mm -hmm. is that I am more powerful than I will ever understand Mm. and will ever know if I allow doubt to to plague me Mm. Mm. okay because because we evolve yeah and in in evolving we hit new standards of life yep and that doesn't mean that doesn't mean financially or it doesn't mean anything else. It just means when you evolve, whichever way you evolve, whether you evolve from being a woman to I don't know, wherever in your womanhood you're at, to mm-hmm. motherhood, to bride, to fiance, wherever you're evolving, whether it's at work, whether a boss, downgrading, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, your mindset's always growing. 
And therefore, there's always going to be a different level of of your mind to unlock and, and understand about yourself. Yeah. And you can't allow for that doubt to kind of negate just basic morals. Mm. And and that's the thing. My morals are very standard. I'm always going to be kind. I'm always going to work hard. And I'm always going to give you the utmost respect that I can. Yeah. And, and I'm not going to give you less than that. Mm. Um, and once my values are at that, that's it. Like everything else revolves around that. Ethically, if it's a yes, it's a yes. If it's a no, it's a no. And again, yeah. I don't move from that. Yeah. So if you don't respect it, I'm sorry, but my yes is my yes and my no is my no. Yeah. Learn that. Learn that throughout every evolution within yourself. Your yes is your yes and your no is your no. And don't allow anyone else to to change that. Yeah, I love that. Um, Especially because for as black women, right? Mm-hmm. We struggle with that. We struggle with the guilt of saying no, right? And even sometimes the guilt of saying yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always joke and I always say, you know, my family, my sisters are always like, and she's the queen of no, the queen of no. And I'm like, I, I don't necessarily say no to everything. Like I always be like, what tell me what I said no to. And they be like, I mean, it don't it don't be that you say no, but you don't immediately say yes. Uh, yeah. Like, I'd like to figure it out. Like, can I weigh my options? Like, no, I'm not immediately jumping into that's That's just not me. Like, I need to figure out what do, what do I want to do? Because if I say yes to somebody else, I'm saying no to myself. Right. And right. so a lot of times we don't necessarily think about that right until you're in it and you don't already say yes and you be like I really don't feel like doing this or this isn't and you know especially in what we do like if this isn't in alignment with what it is that we're trying to do right I'm very mindful about who I have on this show I'm like you know at the end of the day self-doubt affects everybody that don't mean everybody is supposed to be on this show with me they're not like it's not it's nothing personal but at the end of the day like i know what it is that god called me to do i know who it is that he's called me to connect with and so i let him make the decision like hey listen you know they email me who you want me to talk to what you want me to do and i boom boom but like you said my yes is my yes and my no is i'm not gonna be swayed because you don't i don't know the consequences of me being disobedient I don't, and I don't even want to find out. <laughs> that's the not. word. Okay. See, that's, that's the whole word. I'm not, I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like, I, if it doesn't connect and I'm doing it out of force or I'm doing it out of, out of a, an easy way, mm-hmm. then it's not going to go right. And, yep. and, and that's when you really have to know. So I and I can give an example. A couple of weeks ago, I had agreed to do an interview and, you know, I'm going to get paid to do this interview and money talks. Right. Especially yep. for for people who have bills to pay money talks. <laughs> <Facts>. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, and I'm like, OK, I'll do it. And, you know, I was thinking about a fact that, like, you know, why are they coming at this now? this doesn't seem right. I had been reaching out for years and years and now all of a sudden they want to come this direction. You know, what is going on in the background? Mm. Then I started to do some digging. I was like, oh, I don't like this, but okay, we'll go through with it. Mm-hmm. Get in the interview and the interview, like I'm, I'm, I'm up and I'm like, I'm ready for this. And the interview seems like it's going all right, but the questions just keep turning me off a little bit more. And, mm. more. and I'm like, I don't know if I if I want this anymore. And I finished the interview, even though I, you know, I I committed, so I finished. Yeah. And I went back and I was like, 
I don't like this. I don't like the way this feels. I, you know, I don't like the way my spirit is sitting on this mm-hmm. and I need to not put this out. Mm. And, and I had to be clear on that. My spirit was already telling me I wasn't yeah. happy with it. Yeah. But money talks, like I said. But and it, money and it's a distraction. But remember, like I said, nobody else's yes or no defines mine. Yeah. So then I had to sit with it for a second. Was I doing it for money? Or and I'm am I okay with being uncomfortable with this interview? Mm. So then is money talking for me? Absolutely yeah. not. I'm uncomfortable with this interview, so I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. And and you have to kind of that's how I weigh out that self-doubt, mm-hmm. right? That's how you kind of get to that conclusion of wait a minute. You have to be very vocal with yourself, just the way you're vocal with what you would allow for someone to do to you. Yeah. Or with you. And if you allow yourself to kind of run you down without having those conversations with yourself, you're not crazy. You're literally just working through life. Listen, I say all the time, like, say it out loud. It is lots of times I'll be in this joint talking to myself like, I don't know what, like, because I need to know, like you said, I need to know where is this energy coming from? Is this me talking? Is it the is it the little me, right? Like, mm-hmm. is it the doubtful me, the one who's telling me that I can't? Is it the one who is overly optimistic and thinking everything is going like what is the the real reason why I want to do this and there's lots of times where you know my pastor often says like the key to obedience is speed right and so I get it like there's some things I I know immediately you need to do this right Right. but there's times like you say I have to check myself okay why are you doing this I know I need to but I need to make sure that you're doing it because of the impact that is going to be on the people you're going to connect with right. not what you're going to get out of it right but what there's lots of people who do what what am I going to get from this what what do how, how does this boost me up how does this get me to a different space and so I think it's important to be you got to be honest with yourself you have to know mm-hmm. but in order for that you got to be able to tell the truth in the beginning about you know what it is that that you're like what it is that you're struggling with because all of us have different things right all of us for some people it like you said it'll never be money but for other people money will be the thing that be like yeah this don't sit right in my spirit but i'm still gonna do it because i need to pay this you know my phone bill right right? right, you know what i'm saying and but then you walk around feeling uncomfortable about it but you did it because you you needed to and so sometimes you you justify right Right, i'm gonna justify why i'm making this decision but i think like you said it's important for you to know but then you doubt in your ability to get mm. a next check, right? Mm-hmm. So let let's 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 call a spade the spade. Mm-hmm. You still doubting yourself because you can walk away from something that's making you feel uncomfortable for a check just because you gotta pay something. Yep. But then in reality, you're really still doubting yourself to be able to bring in the next check. That's a word. Okay. Like you gotta be careful with what we're considering doubt here and 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 where that doubt is coming from. Because if mm-hmm. you're doubting, if you're saying, Okay, I'm feeling uncomfortable, I'm not gonna do it. I don't like it, but I'm gonna do it for the money. You're doubting yourself, you're not doubting the money. Yep. You're not, you're not even doubting the situation. Yeah. You're doubting yourself being able to make the next check. Yeah. Okay, you're doubting yourself being able to say, let, let's humble ourselves and, and tuck pride away for a minute. We're always going to be able to make moves happen if we decide that we're going to do so Mm -hmm. regardless of the situation you can tell me that your situation is hard but guess what once you start putting into place 
what is your hard understanding everybody has different hard correct be hard for me it's not gonna be hard for you mm-hmm. it may be hard for you maybe super difficult for me everest is a different moving point for everyone right so but the hard is saying okay my ability to make it happen or my ability to allow it to set me back that is a word. And you said something earlier that kind of coincides with this. Yeah. It's the doing, right? It's, it's yeah. the doing. Like if you do nothing, nothing, you know, it'll be whatever it is that you allow it to be. And it's choices that we make or we don't make that kind of end us or uh, keep us in certain situations. So, no, I um, I totally agree with you. I think that's uh, we're, we're right on the same page here, Andrea. We're right here on the same page. So let us talk about all things, the seated position. What is it that you do? Um, I like honestly just hearing your story i know that you are out here impacting so many different people so let's talk about it get give us all the details of the nonprofit and you know what you do to impact your community yes so uh, back in 2015 i was miss wheelchair new york to 2015 okay and my my tag my slogan was life liberty in the pursuit of access Mm. Uh, okay then right (laughs) when i became a registered nurse uh in new york city during the the height of pandemic i was in the hospital system i realized how quickly all those people that told me no and that i wouldn't be able to do all those doubts all those self-doubts that played with it Mm -hmm. um, went away because i proved to the point that i could i was like there's no way anybody could ever tell me that i can't again because i've been told no for this long and here i am today Mm -hmm. so I am the seated nurse and I created the seated position because the seated position is just saying, here's your position at the table. Here's the seated position that I am in. Here's the position that I have available, right? There's so many different ways you can take the term, but the position is here for you, whether Mm. you want to take the seat or not. So this is really about persons with disabilities who want to get into STEM, particularly within healthcare, Mm. uh, so that I'm able to not only consult with them to get them through their programming, okay. but also to consult nursing programs and healthcare programs with how that they they can adapt their their programs to make sure that they're not being biased against students with disabilities. That is so awesome. And then on the flip side of that, I have partnered with uh, Access Initiatives here in New York, which is a fully accessible gym that allows for people with disabilities to come in and use workout equipments and have access to personal trainers who understand disability and understand adaptive uh, workouts so that those that want to be more hands-on and need to figure out how to be more active and physically um, integrated into the community, whether through workout, whether through schooling, we're here for them. Yes, I love that. Like, I love that it's so one it's very holistic and I love the fact that when people do that like whenever people are touching on all of the things because it's very easy to say hey let me just take this this thing and focus on just your business right or focus on just entrepreneurship or your career or your education you know just that but we as women are more than just our titles right right and so even given you know women the opportunity um to be able to work out somewhere and that you know it it increases your uh removes your self-doubt right and increases increases your self-esteem because you i can imagine that there's plenty of women who um come across you that have 
not been able to do certain things because they believed in their limitations and they've allowed the other people to let their limitations kind of weigh on them. And so they probably are looking like, oh, I never thought I'd be able to do this. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the point. Visibility, right? Back to that mm-hmm. representation matters. If I get out there and you see me, then then the little Andrea knows that, yes, I have I have changed the world and, and I'm changing the world for the next little girl who thinks that they can't be a nurse. And then all of a sudden they Google and they see the seated nurse and the seated yes. position. And it's like, wait a minute, hold on. Their whole world just opens up now, you know, in a profession that employs over three million nurses in the nation. It's a profession that's to be proud of. And I, I welcome anyone with any disability and Yes, I love it. I love it. So before we go, I want to know what are some practical tips that you can give um, our slayers to combat their self-doubt? What is something that you do either on a regular basis, um, here and there, whatever? What are some practical things that you do that when that self-doubt comes up as you talk, as you evolve and you level up and they be like, okay, I need you to be here on Essence Stage or I need you to be out here, you know, because this is where we going. We we want we want the uh, uh, the seated position to be a household name, okay? That's what we're trying to get to, all <laughs> yes. right? So when we keep telling you to level up, what are some practical steps you can tell um, our listeners to uh to to do so you know I recently heard this but this is something that I've been doing for a really long time and it it, it reminded me to start talking to people about this as well I actually have a baby photo my favorite baby photo of me on a mirror that I look at every day it's it's I have another one that's in my car mirror and whenever I get to that bully point bully pulpit of of picking on myself Mm. saying you're not good enough you're not going to make it you know, this is, this isn't for you. You need to back down. I look at her Mm. and say those things to her. And we would never, never. exactly (laughs) right. You would never, because here is this little girl who's looking so fresh and cute and like, like just so full yes. of life. Oh, you couldn't do like, that. Oh man. That's a right. good one. That right. is, the, that's a first here. That is a first here. That is a good one though. Right. Like talk to that person, get that photo and talk to that person. Cause that, that little person, female, male, wherever you are, like, like that little person deserves the world and to mm. believe that the world is their oyster and that the sky is the limit and that anything is possible. And if you say no to them, then where are you going to be? How are you going to evolve? Right? Yeah. How many people told that person no mm. so many times already that there you are telling them no again? Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that to yourself. That so is I- so good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, do that. And then and then the second part to that is be strong in your yes and be strong in your no in and for your younger listeners I I say this impactfully I say this as as the big sister right Mm -hmm. you know I'm saying this as the one that's talking to you guys like if you're listening and someone's telling you on a Friday night 10 o'clock at night hey let's go out and your gut is saying stay home stay home stay home ain't nothing outside gonna change yeah mom and dad say that and we talk about it and we like you know no we're gonna miss it we're gonna miss out mm-hmm. that's okay mm-hmm. miss out tell your friends record it tell yep. your friend we have i mean phones. you probably can watch it live anyway i mean <laughs> these kids record everything <laughs> everything as is happening <laughs> it's gonna be on meta i promise whatever's happening if your gut says no 
it's no yeah. whatever it is whatever whether you're i'm talking to the young the old middle the starting if your gut says no the answer is no reevaluate why your gut is saying no why is it ha- like if you really want it then you'll really evaluate that no why is your body not settled yeah. on it what is happening pick through that really work it out but yeah don't beat up on your younger self because your younger self is today's self and be convicted in your yes. Yes, I love that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Andrea, for being here with us. Um, so how can people connect with you, connect with your organization if they want to be a part, if they want to support? I guess before I say that, we have listeners everywhere, but are you primarily, um, is your work primarily done in New York? My work, Work is done throughout the United States. Okay, well then, um, yes, all right, y'all. Make sure y'all hit her up, hit her up. Okay, so <laughs> where can we find you? <laughs> well, me particularly, I'm on Instagram. I am at the Seated Nurse on Instagram. That is also my website, theseatednurse.com. Uh, you can reach out that way on the Seated Nurse. You can reach out about the access initiatives and uh, the seated position, and I can get you any other information that you need that way. Y'all, she's the seated nurse everywhere, okay? So either way, (laughs) y'all already know I'm going to put everything in the show notes so you can find it. Thank you so much, Andrea, for being here with us, for talking to us, for sharing your story, for adding to the 60-plus women who have shared their journey on this show. I am... I'd be so excited. I'd be so excited. Um, (laughs) But thank you so much. I am so appreciative. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. Yes. All right, y'all, that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to share, subscribe, rate, and review. Remember to head over to Facebook and Instagram and follow me at Slain Self Doubt. Oh, wait, don't forget, go to my YouTube channel and watch this episode. And remember to press the subscribe button. Until next week, see ya.